Let's go, knuckle up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to Snapcast. Episode 6, in the building, Scrapcast, Mr. Will, how you doing? Doing good, Ace, how you good, doing, man? Good, good, All right, let's get right into it. Yep. Uh, last weekend, we had a lot of fights, good fights. Let's start with uh, UFC on ESPN 42. Uh, main event was Stephen Thompson versus Kevin Holland. A lot of people talking about it's fight of the year. What are your thoughts about it? <clears throat> yeah, no, not fight of the year. Uh, fight of the night. A, I agree. It was a great fight. Yeah. Don't get don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like it it was it was a great fight. Yeah. But we're at the end of the year. There were so many awesome fights. Fights with more on the line. Fights with you know definitely a lot more meaning behind it that were um, just objectively better fights. So no, I, I'm not giving this fight of the year. Maybe it can be a runner up, but. Um, Definitely fight of the night. Like, Thompson and Holland, yeah, uh, gr- great scrap. I Definitely. really enjoyed that they both stuck with their guns, that this was going to be a stand-up fight. You saw Holland have multiple uh, attempts to, or multiple opportunities to take Stephen down on the ground, and he just got right back up and let him back up. He got, and he got what he wanted. You know? Yeah. He got, he got an ass whooping from Stephen, <laughs> from Wonder Boy is what he got. <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't quit. Heart of a lion. Um, even with his, you know, uh, one arm being mm-hmm. enabled. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a lot of talk of Stephen Thompson putting on a master class. I disagree wholeheartedly with that. Um, yeah, he threw everything but the kitchen sink at Kevin Holland. But at the same time, if your opponent can only halfway defend themselves and you're throwing everything you've got full force at the opponent and you can't take them out, they're not, you know, throwing anything of any kind of mm-hmm. rel- any kind of validity at you. Mm-hmm. Like, how can it be a mass class? How? No, no, I, I would agree with that. I think that's a term that gets thrown around altogether way too often. Um, so specifically, watch the first two rounds of this fight, and Kevin Holland is more than holding his own against Stephen Thompson. Yeah, he's landing arguably the harder shots. I think I think he had round one. Pretty sure I gave him round one. Yeah, yeah. He dropped Thompson, yeah, exactly. you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, and I would agree. And, and again, this could have been a TKO victory for Kevin Holland instead of a corner stoppage loss. If? If he wasn't so prideful and, you know, decided to keep going on, on the feet. And But at the same time, you got to commend two dudes to say what they... How many times? How many times in MMA have we had the fights where they were like, first one to shoot's a bitch. First one yeah, shoots a pussy. Right? Like how many yeah. times? And then yeah. and then we're watching the fight, yeah. and literally you're just like, "Who's gonna shoot?" Oh, it was him. No. I mean, Chuck Liddell versus Vanderlei Silva. Uh-huh. Fucking, uh-huh. there's so many of those fights where it's literally like whoever 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 wrestles first is, it loses. Like the the man war, or whatever, yeah. right? And both of these dudes stood and fought the whole time. Even when he had him hurt, and he could have jumped on him. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Nope, get up." You know, you're right. If he would have done it differently he probably he may have been able to finish the fight but at the same time hats off to two dudes to doing what they said they were gonna do because that's pretty rare so that's all no absolutely um major props they gave us a great show and uh even my girlfriend that i was watching it with was just i mean glued to the tv like she was loving it so yeah hats off to both those guys yep 
Uh, Barbarina versus Dos Anjos. Let's start the crow eating. Uh, didn't expect uh, didn't expect that to happen. No, he, he owned him. Hats up. off to fucking RDA. I'm telling you, yeah. being as old as he is, veteran, came in there, you know, showed the superior grappling, superior yeah. wrestling still oh, yeah. at this level against somebody, a surging contender like mm-hmm. Bi- Brian Barbarina. Probably the number one surging contender in the division. Let's be honest. And just took him down, held yeah. him down, did whatever he wanted to. Whatever you know? he wanted. Yeah. yeah. There was almost no resistance there. Submission around two. Yeah. So. No, it, yeah. Um, definitely wrong about that. Um, <laughs> I thought Barbarino was going to put up a bigger fight. I thought he was going to have a chance to hit Rafael harder than that. I didn't think Rafael would be strong enough to I have know. his way with Brian like he did. I, I, I really didn't, you know? I know. And I really thought that Brian was going to be able to uh, touch RDA a Me lot too. more and give him a lot more problems with that. Yep. And RDA was just like, nope, like right or right through him. So hats off to RDA. Um, What did you think about the uh, Matt Schnell? I loved that fight. fight. I thought that was a great fight. Yeah. I was was so stoked to see Nicolau knock Schnell out. Not that I don't like Schnell. Just the way that whole fight unfolded. Schnell with the heavy pressure. Yep. yep. Um, really doing everything he could to land. And Matthias just started timing that that straight left so perfectly. Got a couple of knockdowns and ended up ended up getting the finish. I think it was yeah, round, round two. two. Yeah, yep, no, that was exactly. such a smart fight from Matthias. No, yeah. I, I think so too. And um, I, I've seen, you know, the same type of thing from him before in his last fight. You know, as far right. as being able to see that. Uh, you know, coming ahead of time, execute really well on it. I mean, I remember I, I had forgot until I seen this fight when he came out, and I remember seeing I was like, Oh, I've seen this guy fight before, yep, and I yep. remember, and then boom, almost same thing. So, yeah, I'm definitely gonna keep an eye out for Matias in the future. Uh, then we have the heavyweights, Tai Tui Vasa, Sergey Pavlich, uh, also performance of the night, dude. The you know heavy handed Russians yeah. is going to be the theme of this episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, much. Sergey Pavlovich came in there against Tai Tuivasa, took him out within the first minute of the first round. Cyril Gon couldn't do that. Nope. You know what I'm saying? I uh, just right wow. now wow. and and Styles make fights right. Yeah, exactly. And, and Sergey is certainly a lot more aggressive than Cyril Gon could ever hope to be. Yeah. Um. But no, he and it's funny because we have we now have a new contender at heavyweight in the UFC, and it was Ty Tuivasa. Like he totally took everything that Ty had worked for these past few years, and now Sergey's got it exactly. And, exactly. And yeah, he did. I mean, that was a brutal knockout. Yeah. You know? I mean, what do you think about like you know Sergey being in there in the top four versus like you know Ninganu or Jones or I mean you know how do you see some of that playing out? Again, so because you got to look at some of these stylistically, right? And fighting a Cyril Gon, maybe his aggressiveness can be used against him, right? Cyril Gon's a good counter striker. He's got good movement. So that might be a difficult fight for him. The other one that I might see as being a difficult fight for him would be um, another guy I don't ever want to count out. Um, that wrestler, Razor uh, Curtis, Curtis Razor Blades. Blades. Yep. Dude is a phenomenal talent at heavyweight. I know he doesn't get talked out enough. Yeah. But number four. Yeah. He was number three, but then Sergey took a spot. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there was talk about uh, Curtis, um, not to get too far off topic, but there was talk of Curtis being the um, uh, reserve fighter, what have you, 
for Jones versus Ngannou in case one of them didn't make weight. Right. I would really, you know, like to see maybe them schedule the Curtis Blades versus Sergey Pavlich on the same card. Yep. Winner versus winner, yep. you know? So no, if, if that, that fight out. ends up coming to that, you know, fruition. Just right. saying. If. It's a big if. if. That is a big if. All right. Uh, let's move further down the card. Jack Hermanson just getting demolished by your boy. Yeah, I'm really Roman, high on so. Roman Delize right now. Yeah. Um, he's and the, I mean, in 30, 33 days time, he picked up two finishes. Yeah, exactly. Phil Haas and Jack Hermanson. Yeah, yeah, another surging contender shooting up the charts. Um, and to submit Jack Hermanson too was the thing. Like, and uh, again, talking about watching this fight with my girlfriend, she's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "He's about to buzz out a calf slicer on Jack Hermanson." <laughs> like, and she doesn't understand the gravity of what's about to happen. But I'm like. Literally not believing my eyes when I see him try to roll for that knee bar, turn it into that calf slicer, mount him, you know, on the on back at back mount, but still has that calf trap that yeah. just looks so painful. I know, I know, and it's so funny because you see a lot of times where fighters will start that omoplata um, mm-hmm. type, you know, uh, movement or the ankle, you know, lock to prevent the fighter from getting up. Mm-hmm. Two fighters will be on the ground. One of them will want to get up and take the advantage. So they'll either try to tie up their arm or tie up their leg to try to keep him on the ground. Yep. Didn't expect him to not only keep the leg tied up, but then to him to get the back mount, keep the leg tied up, hold his ri- holding Hermanson's wrist down yep. so he can only defend himself with one hand while he's laying on his stomach and just beat the shit yeah, out of him. That was so slick. I was like, wow, that is next level. So... um that was definitely something to 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 watch. Um, then we had Eric Anders versus Kyle Dawkins. Again, Eric Anders looked really really good. Went out there, um, really put it on Kyle Dawkins, knocked him out second round. Um, I mean, yeah. What did you see? I mean, not sure what to make of Eric Anders because he's had some questionable losses against some people that maybe weren't the greatest. So maybe this is a new thing for him at middleweight. Maybe he's maybe he's better here. But that was brutal. He beat yeah. the shit out of Kyle. No, man. he did. He did. Um, obviously, it was the second round knockout. It's hard to be able to tell as far as gas tank and a lot of those right, questions when right. fighters come down, you know, how yep. well they're going to be able to go. Good point. Um, you know, further. But still, he's had some really good performances at light heavyweight, but he's had some performances where it's like he didn't really show up. Mm-hmm. I think getting him to a new weight division, um, you know, he looked looked really well. Um, Kyle Dawkins is no slouch. So, right. Um, so yeah, so I was, I was really impressed with that. And, uh, and yeah, um, then we had, uh, Phil Rowe versus Nico Price before that. Um, in this fight really, you know, I thought Nico Price showed, you know, what makes Nico Price special. Mm -hmm. Um, he came in there, both knees braced up, you know, been out for over a year, older fighter, Went in there against, you know, younger, more abled contender. He was slow. Uh, Nico Price was slow. He was stiff. He was sloppy. Mm-hmm. And he took a lot of punishment. Then he started to get into the fight. And, you know, in that uh, third round, he went just emptied the gas tank on Phil Rowe trying to get a finish. Couldn't get the finish. Had no gas left in the yeah. tank. And Phil Rowe just fucking knocked him out no him. Uh, yeah and but i'll always give it up for a, a fighter trying to get that finished in the third especially knowing you're down on the cards yeah. like you do like a, a lot of fighters would be like well i want to go out on my shield 
But they don't fight like Nico did. No, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, definitely you could tell he was compromised before coming in. Like we said, a lot of time off, you know, just all the rest of it. Came in there and, you know, left left it all in the octagon, went out on a shield. Warrior. Nico mm-hmm. Price is warrior. And, and you know, good job for Phil Rowe. Like, that wasn't yep. an easy win. Yep. Definitely. No, that's a, that's a hard fight. Win. So, yeah. good, good for Phil. Um, my girl, Angela Hill, you know, getting the decision. Um, man, I just... <laughs> I am I'm a big fan of Angela Hill and um I thought she did everything that she needed to in the fight you know just really tooled um Emily Dakota just really you know I didn't see how Emily was able to do really anything to combat Angela the knees that Angela was putting on her Man. were fucking nasty Man. um I was just I, I mean I'm always really happy to see her but that performance I was really impressed by um yeah so yeah, Emily couldn't get out of that that uh, tie clinch. At all. It was just taking body knees, body knees, body knees. It was, it was brutal. And it's, it's at this point where you start to realize how good this card really was overall. Like I know it's in the, on the UFC on ESPN card. I know there's no titles in the line, and maybe you don't know all these fighters, but you, you still got to watch these cards because this was a great card, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And Angela Hill gotta give her a shout out she might be the most active fighter in the ufc roster i feel could like be. every other card i'm seeing angela hill jump in and fight somebody man could be could be no um yeah i, I she's fought a lot of times this year and um and yeah you know staying active is a good indicator of her evolution and those knees that knee game was something she's probably had knees before but we haven't seen them like that no so i'll be interested to see how she looks in her next fight time for me to eat some more crow uh clay guida versus scott holzman literally watching this fight like okay so they're getting ready to come out and they're talking about uh scott holzman and they're talking about how you know this is scott holzman's last fight he's gonna retire and i'm thinking like why is he retiring (laughs) like guida should be the one that's retiring yeah yeah then i realized that even though he only had like you know, a 13 and four, or 13 and three, or something like that record, Holzman, he's one year younger than Clay Guida. Oh, damn. So as soon as I realized that, I was like, fuck. I thought back to, you know, the last podcast where I was like, Scott Holzman's just going to hose Clay Guida. Yeah. I remember saying that? Yeah. Fucking no, dude. Clay Guida just, just put it on him, showed that the carpenter still had it. Yeah, Scott Holzman was on his way out, but I mean, for Clay Guida to be as weathered and, you know, as much of a veteran as he is to go in there and put on that kind of performance, fucking... He's... Get, I give nothing but props. Nothing, nothing but props. But, nothing but props. And, you know, we'll probably see him again because he didn't retire, but that dude's like it's like a badger, man. You just cannot get him off you. you I know? know. I know. Speaking of someone that won't quit, Michael Johnson... Another one, man. ...picked up a win. We were talking about how we'd really like to see him win, but, you know, Mark DeCasey is, you know... Younger and probably going to show off a better performance, you know, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not Mark, against Michael Johnson. Uh, Mark Mark Casey was was making moves. He had fixed some holes in his game. He had done a lot of wrestling training. He had won a last, his last couple of fights by, you know, wrestling. And he's, and he's a striker. And yeah. he got outstruck by Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson had the crisper boxing and was landing better shots. And, yeah, how, how about that, man? I know, I know. I, made me really happy, I gotta be honest, really happy to see Michael Johnson get some wins. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before. He's one of those dudes that like had all the potential in the world, just things wouldn't line up and 
you lose a couple here or there, you lose a fight here or there, and like those are the ones that really matter. That dude could have been the he could have been up there. He could have been the champion of the world. Like literally could have no, been. I know. So it's, it's just so it's one of those things where if he, you know, wins, you're just like, oh man, like yeah. makes you feel better. Um speaking of, you know, taking punishment, Darren Elkins, the damage, Ugh. you know, fought Jonathan Pierce and uh JSP. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. And uh and um yeah, took Took a lot of damage, to be oh, honest with dude, you. It, it, it was like it's like the classic Darren Elkins fight where yeah. they come and they put a bunch of damage on him, but then he gets all zombie mode and starts yeah. coming after him and, and they can't stop him and he ends up winning. Mm-hmm. Except he never got to zombie mode. He never got to zombie mode, yeah. Um usually people really just get tired of beating up Darren Elkins and he, you know, is like, Oh, okay, it's my turn and then goes and he puts you away. No, not this time. Nope. Not this time. He it was yeah, it was a bad showing for for Darren. Yeah, and a good showing for Pierce. I'm not gonna say JSP. I'm not gonna do it. So I know that was I was joking. No, I know. I'm just <laughs> I'm just advocating here on the or talking about it here on the podcast because like man, like we are it's already it reminds me of like the Pitbull nickname. Like how many pit bulls are gonna exactly. be? Exactly. You know. Yeah. Now we got a JSP. Then there's a DSP. And there's <laughs> a. It's like yeah. fucking stop it. Let's get all a right? bit more creative. Yeah. Guys. Come on. <sighs> yeah. So um, anything else on the rest of the card? Catch ya? No. no. I mean yeah. they, they were good fights. But yeah, they're good fights. But yeah. All right. Um, then we had one on Prime Five: Deritter versus Malakin. Dude, Anatoly Malakin is a motherfucking machine. Okay. Yeah, really glad I didn't bet on any fights this weekend because <laughs> I was wrong all over the place, <laughs> all over the place. I thought DeRitter would be able to take... Your bookie sat. Malikin, okay. yeah, but, but yeah, Anatoly came out, and he he's a monster, dude. Uh, like, we need to start talking about this guy. We need to know his name because he's got two one belts now. Yeah, Anatoly Malikin was the interim heavyweight champion. Uh, DeRitter was the light heavyweight champion. Both of them undefeated. DeRitter 16-0. Anthony Malikin 11-0. DeRitter put the belt up. Got fucking just beat up. Literally was taking a lot of punishment. Wasn't able to figure out how to deal with the the oncoming Malikin. Mm -hmm. Um, And Anthony just kept finding the shots that mattered kept pushing him up against the cage and ended up finishing him. Um, was it round one? It was round yeah, one. Yeah, finished round him one. in the first round yep. at the end of the last round, put him to sleep. Hammer fist, yep. nasty hammer fist after he was already on the ground. Dude was out asleep. I mean, wow. What what a uh, a star in the making for Anthony Malikin. No, a absolutely. Heavyweight. And, and now he's the and, light and heavyweight I champion. I know. No, he's a force to be reckoned with. We're going we're gonna to be talking about him a lot in the future. Yeah, like, and we should have been talking about him more previously, but I didn't. I didn't get it, and mm. I was wrong. I know, I know, me neither. Um, also, on this fight card, we had uh, the Rotolo brothers mm-hmm. uh, put on performances. Uh, Cade Rotolo um, retained his belt um, in a not very exciting grappling match, which was uh, right before um, the main event. But his brother, who fought on the prelims, Ty Rotolu, 
Man, what a nasty submission he put on the Russian. Marat just, I mean, literally a triangle. And then, you know, uh, Marat was able to get out of the triangle. So as soon as he did, Ty transitioned to an arm bar. Marat was holding his arm, so he wasn't going to give up the arm for the arm bar. Ty took Marat's wrist, turned it towards him, away from Marat's body, nasty, and then just proceeded to pull it down full force with the outside of the glove, weighing it down, and did something to his wrist. Really nasty. Marat mm. submitted and was holding his wrist. It was messed up. It says the official result is that it was submission by wrist lock, but it was an arm bar. It was just the way that he had the wrist held and right. was pulling it. Right. That's where the damage was caused. So if you, if you haven't seen that submission, definitely go see it. One of the nastiest ones I've seen. The nastiest one this year for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, that's all I can say about it. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I did miss it. I didn't. I didn't get onto the prime card until the Edward Foliang fight, mm-hmm. um, which was a little disappointing as well. But I'm gonna have to go back and watch the highlights on that. Yeah, that was the next fight, uh, the Foliang uh, versus Marquez. Mm-hmm. Marquez looked really good. Yeah, you know, um, put it on him in the second round, uh, KO right cross looked really good. Yep. The fight after that was um, uh, Lowen Tynes versus Day Sung Park, but the commentators kept saying dsp and uh kind of like we said kind of a theme there's like multiple themes that 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 bleed over from the one on prime which was on friday night to the ufc card on saturday night you know some weird similarities going on there i don't know man we gotta we gotta cut that shit out (laughs) i don't don't know there's only one gsp yeah exactly he earned it yeah exactly and none of these other guys have quit uh quit playing uh word games you know um yeah rest of the card i'm gonna be honest with you wasn't really a lot there was a uh you know no contest doing a mm-hmm. groin strike um that fight looked like it was gonna be fireworks but you know sometimes those things happen so uh yeah what'd you think yeah uh, you know we were talking about this earlier we we got spoiled from a couple of those really awesome one on prime video cards true um so yeah we, maybe this wasn't the most exciting one but again, I just think it's because we've been spoiled previously with, with a lot of them. Yeah, one a really great one prime cards. Yeah, no, for sure. But even then, like even though it maybe didn't like live up to what some of the other prime cards uh, have done, um, I mean, still some names that I'm definitely going to be looking forward to and seeing and how it all plays out, mm-hmm. especially with the new light heavyweight champion yep. being the interim heavyweight champion. So you know we're going to see champion versus champion for that heavyweight yep, belt. Yep. So I'm, I'm super excited to see that. Uh, one also had uh, a one championship 164 card that was on Saturday night. Uh, pretty good fights. Uh, the main event, Jared Brooks was able to win the decision over Joshua Pasio. And uh, also on the card, Brandon Vera had his last match. He got um, ground and pound TKO'd in the first round versus Amir Alakbari. Yeah. And, man, realizing, watching the fight, I've seen this dude, Amir Alakbari, this big Iranian heavyweight fight before. Dude fought in Ryzen, won like three or four times in Ryzen, um, you know, and just retired the veteran legend, Brandon Vera. Yeah. 
So, you know, who has been a champion, multiple champion in one mm-hmm. over there for the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, really, really good performance by him. Um, well, and he fought at light heavy and heavyweight in the UFC, too, way back in the day. Brandon Vera. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I remember him taking on Asuario Silva yeah. at heavyweight. Yep. Obviously, his loss to John Jones at mm-hmm. light heavyweight was kind of... He fought Tim Sylvia. Yep. I mean, we're yep. going, like, back in the day. Like UFC 39. I know. Like I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, he was on... I remember Brandon Vera being on some of those, like... UFC knockout videos, yeah. you know, with yeah. the with the head kicks and doing his whole, you know, yeah. like ninja pose thing. So, yeah, um, pretty good card all the way around. There was um, some submissions, uh, KO, uppercut to head kick knockout um, on the prelims, and uh, yeah, um, you know, one one is just. I commend them so much. It's like almost every other weekend they're putting mm-hmm. on two cards. You know, not everyone is the greatest card ever, but still they all pay out. They all have really good fights on them. Man, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to keep this momentum going, going into the next year. Yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> um, I wanted to shout out the catchweight Muay Thai fight between Superlek and Panpayak Jitmonyang. <laughs> Uh, I know Superlek took it by split decision, close fight. I think it could have gone either way. It was a really great technical fight. I love these one Muay Thai fights. Like, they're so good. I mean, I expect to see these guys face each other again down the road. Such a good, such a good throwdown fight. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, and that, uh, the uppercut to head kick knockout that happened earlier in the night, that was also a Muay Thai, ki- uh, Muay Thai fight. Man, the Muay Thai fights... Mm-hmm. I get more and more interested to see, especially on the one cards, where's the Muay Thai fights? Where, yep. where are they going to be? Because you know, more than likely, somebody's going to get knocked the fuck out. This is how it's going to happen. Right, and I don't know if it's because they're finally getting like this mainstream exposure that, that makes them fight the way they do, but they are. They're, they're putting on a show, man. Yeah, and I think a big, you're right, I think a big part of it's the exposure, but I think another big part of it is, um, you know, the president of one um, being so you know, uh, giving of the bonuses. They right. give away Good a point. lot of bonuses. So, cause that's what they're looking for. They want to create those moments where everybody's like, Oh, you missed this. You needed to watch the one card. And so, you know, anybody that has a, really really good performance on on any of the one cards they get fifty thousand dollar bonuses you know that's that's investing in your fighters to get the better performances so it's the best way to do it performance based incentives man yeah exactly so yeah uh pretty good card uh also bkfc had a uh card this weekend um you know relatively big card for him palomino put his belt on the line against uh show off and just wreck shop really on show off, uh, was able to get him out of there um, within the first round. What did What did you think about the fight? Uh, yeah, I was wrong about that one as well. <laughs> I, I had picked show off to win that. You know, um, I thought Palomino had been in the game a little bit too long. I know he had the belt, but I I did not see him being that dominant, and, no. and he did. You know, no. Also on the card, uh, my Italian brother Ricci. Got knocked out. Yeah. Got dropped three times in the first round. Finished in the third round. 
you know, good job for Mendel to do it. And it was funny because after the fight, uh, they were interviewing Mendel and, and Mendel was like, you know, I'm not really happy about this. I didn't want to fight that guy, but he had the belt and we had to do it. And I hope we can still be friends. And if we can't, we can. But I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the only time when like a fighter knocks out another fighter for a belt. And then they're just like, eh, it's real bittersweet. I don't know how I feel about this. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe they'll fight each other again down the road. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, pretty good card. What did What did you think? Um, I you know I had to watch the highlights of this. There was just so much going on. I didn't get a chance to watch it top to bottom like I should have. I know these bare knuckle cards. They're great. They're super entertaining. Um, you did have some of these fights on while we were prepping for the show though, and uh, Jeremy Smith looked really good against Leo uh, Vladiva mm-hmm. on the prelims. On, I agree. On the prelims, that was good. I mean, Leo came out like he had good footwork, like he was going to play Matador. But uh, yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy got him. I mean, there was I think there was three knockdowns in that fight too before the the final knockout. But yeah, 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 good showing by him. Yeah, no, exactly. A lot of good fights on the card, but there usually is with BKFC. That's yep. thing about it is mm-hmm. that you get a really, really lot of uh, good scraps on there. A lot of blood, you know, with the knuckles. Mm-hmm. A lot of blood, a lot of carving up the face, but it's to be expected. So I'm always so impressed by how like I know it's bare knuckle boxing. I know it's just boxing. And it's bare knuckle, but I'm still so impressed by all the different styles and different game plans that you see implemented in these. A hundred percent, no, a hundred percent. Because and it's not just even like here in the U.S. There's you know a big bare knuckle boxing um, movement in the U.K. Um, right. over in Europe. Right. You know we're getting uh, people from Brazil and Central America that are getting into it. They're bringing those fighting styles with them. I mean. It's the sport is really evolving under the surface, you yeah. know, it really is. And mm-hmm. if you're watching, you know, event after event, you're starting to see a lot of this pick up. And now with so many of these, um, you know, MMA, uh, you know, legends and veterans uh, with names and even with really good records coming in now to BKFC and starting to make, I mean, it's just going to create this whole mix pot, you know, yep, where all this is going to start like, what works versus what doesn't and it's all going to start evolving even faster so really looking forward to what comes next also this weekend we had a uh the heavyweight champion of the world tyson fury fought um against uh derek chisora yeah derek chisora and um and looked uh you know looked a little stiff been out for a while looked a little stiff i'll be honest with you but man really precise with the striking um, landing on Chisora combinations where you would normally where fighters would hit with maybe the first two and then miss with the third or fourth. It was like he, it was like he was setting up just for that third or fourth to be right where he wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Busted up Chisora in the mouth and the nose. He was bleeding. It was pretty competitive up until the seventh, right around the seventh. Chisora really couldn't do anything after that point. And um, Tyson just kept putting it on him and they ended up having to call it in like the 10th or 11th round. So... Yeah, Gypsy King does it again, man. I don't know why we didn't preview this fight. It seemed to sneak up on us. I'm not sure how we missed. I know. I mean, I don't know when it was decided. I don't know when it was put together, but it totally flew under the radar until, you know, it's finally happening on Saturday. And, uh, I mean, I didn't expect Chisora to win. He Fury had already beaten Chisora. Yep. Um, I, I was actually thinking that... Uh, Gypsy King's next fight was going to be Anthony Joshua. Yep. Uh, but then you let me know Joshua had just lost to Usyk. Usyk. So 
Um, fingers crossed that that's the next heavyweight fight we get that's to see. That's what, yeah, after uh, Tyson Fury won, he called out Usyk to fight nice. in Saudi Arabia. That's pretty much the fight that everybody wants to see as far as boxing in the heavyweight division. Um, so, yes, hopefully that fight ends up getting made. The thing about boxing is that the promoters really do a horrible job of promoting the fights. Right. Let's just be honest with you. They mm -hmm. really do. If it's, you know, Money Mayweather or someone like that, they, the fighter themselves really has to, or the management of the fighter really have to get that promotional tool going because point. the promotions don't do a good enough job. Right. We don't know that the heavyweight champion of the world is making his return fight you know, until it's Saturday crazy. morning, and yeah. then you're like, "Oh, this event is happening right now." Yeah, it's like you know, it, and yeah. and and there's a lot of errors that boxing has. But if boxing wants to fix itself, it has to start there because if you can't even let the people know who want to watch the fights when the fights are happening, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, well, you're not getting the exposure you need. You're not getting your your fighters the name recognition that they need. And boxing's end up dying a slow death that way if you don't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, so a uh, pretty good uh, week of fights. Um, let's get to some hot takes, shall we? <clears throat> yeah, really good ones this week. I'm excited. Yeah. So the first one, and probably the one that um, has been circling the news uh, canon mm -hmm. all week, is uh, fighters under James Krause are banned from the UFC. Will, can you explain this? Uh, no, um, but I'll. <laughs> but I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a shot. So we have previously talked about the Nerdabanki and Derek Minner fight. Yes, and that's where this stems from. Um, Derek Minner is a fighter trained by James Krause. Mm -hmm. um, the information I have gathered indicates that there was a known injury that Derek Minner went into the fight with that they did not disclose. And in the first round of that fight, he used his injured leg to throw a strike, which ended up hurting his leg, which was his injured leg. He goes to the ground. He ends up losing by TKO. And I guess the real issue with that is the unusual amount of betting interest that flooded several betting websites on Nerdabanki to win in the first round and for the fight to not go the distance. Mm. Um so, yeah, I mean, a lot of interesting things, like a lot of that wording, like betting interest. So maybe mm -hmm. these bets weren't placed. Um, like you were saying, maybe they were denied by yeah. whatever sports book they were trying to um, bet it on. But, but yes, apparently um, James Krause has been betting um, for some of his podcast subscribers. His Discord subscribers have allowed him... I mean, I mean, maybe he's doing it without their knowledge, but let's hope not. Let's hope that they were like, hey, you've got some inside information. Go ahead and play some bets in my name. Um, either way, a lot of different organizations involved in shutting this down. They don't like it. I know Derek Minner's already been sanctioned by Nevada for not disclosing his pre-fight injury. Yeah. Yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot going on here. Um, one thing that I really want to talk about with this is that you know, all things considered, Kraus really has to have the okay from these people to be able to be placing bets for him. Like, right. if he didn't, then they could just say that he was stealing their money and Kraus would be in, in jail right now. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because even if you take somebody's money to spend it in behalf of them, it's still stealing their money. So if right. he was doing that, he would be in jail right now. So my guess, so that, so I'm But deducing. maybe he didn't spend it, right? Because like yeah. I said, the whole wording betting interest, maybe he just attempted to. Like, again, the information I wanted on this scenario, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to find. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if we're going to have to wait until these investigations are concluded before we finally get more specific information on what's going on. But um, until that point, the UFC has banned any fighter from training under James Krause if they want to continue fighting under the UFC banner. So Yeah, and it kind of convolutes the whole situation. I know that after this came out in the press, um, there were some uh, states slash provinces that outlawed betting of MMA as a result. Um, You know, realistically, in a lot of ways, this comes back to, you know, fighters, fighters' rights in the UFC, the whole argument behind that, employee versus independent contractors, all that. So you have fighters who have a short window to when they make I'm just going to keep beating this dead horse, okay? Yeah. You got fighters that have a short window of being able to be in the sport, be competitive, maybe get a belt, build a name for themselves, all of those kinds of things. You sign with the UFC, they're the top, they're the biggest promotion, the highest platform, but they don't pay their fighters a lot. You can't market yourself how you want to. You don't own the, you know, uh you don't own your own likeness. Yeah. So you can't do any deals with gaming companies or with whoever else that wants to, you know, use any of that. So they cut all the alleyways by which fighters can make money. All the, all the avenues of how fighters can make money. You know, they don't let them even do sponsors anymore, put sponsors on their thing. So they cut all these avenues. They don't pay them the most out of all the other fight promotions. There's fight promotions where a lot of people don't even watch, and those fighters get paid better, Mm -hmm. okay? UFC has the most people watching it. They have the most people buying tickets. They Mm -hmm. have the most people buying pay-per-views at $100 a pop, you know, just about now, and they can't pay their fighters, you know, close to what these other organizations are being able to pay their fighters. So these, so then the fighters there have to figure out a way of how to monetize that the best way that they can. Now they've, you know, like James Krause figured out a way of being a coach, taking his insiders, putting out bet tips, betting for people. Right. And now they're going to blackball and outlaw him because they're worried about some kind of malfeasance. Like, this is what I'm talking about, man. The UFC can't get out of its own way. This is just a bigger... This is a, a, a microcosm of the bigger picture of just overall, because this is happening on a grand scale with not just the UFC. We were talking about it earlier all around the world. We don't need to get to all that. I'm just saying that even in the UFC, it's showing how, you know, just um, the financial interests are just over controlling, making it so that fighters are having less and less ways of how to make money. But at the same time, the company that's in charge of paying the fighters isn't you know trying to be more adequate with it you have dana white continuously every time a journalist or somebody brings up this point oh, dana white is constantly being like they don't know shit or yeah. or they're a pussy or the fighters right. are pussies or whatever else do it anything he can to call names and deflect away from the argument which is that 
you're going to continue down this path and it's going to kill the fucking sport. And if it doesn't kill the fucking sport, it's going to kill the UFC. And yeah. some other promotion is going to come up and they're going to take over as number one. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. No, absolutely. I mean, when you when you look at it, what really does the UFC have? And it's the recognition. Yeah. Right? And why does it have that? Because it has the fighters. Because it has the fighters, but also because it it has done a lot to grow the sport over over the years. But That's now true. you but now you're past that point, right? Yes. Now you're at the point where you're gonna have to start doing more f- for your fighters because now that MMA is a big thing, which is what you did, you're the yeah. one that global. You're the one that did this, yeah. right? And you knew that this was gonna be this was gonna be a problem, yeah. right? And it's the UFC's big thing is we want to be on we want to be on that same level playing field as all the other major national sports, right? The biggest difference is these other sports are leagues, right? And MMA isn't a league, right? So there's all these different promotions, and some of them are doing things better than the UFC in certain respects. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if money is going to be what does it, I, I definitely see one of these other organizations being able to start taking a piece of that recognition pie. Yeah. And as soon as the UFC loses their ability to have that, they're no longer going to be the number one organization. Yeah. I mean, really, we're getting to a point where the UFC doesn't want the fighters unionize. But if the fighters, if the UFC doesn't figure out a way to let the fighters have some sort of interest in collective bargaining for right. these kinds of things, for the TV deals, for the the pay-per-view incentives, for when the company, you know, makes money and gets, you know, endorsements for shoes and Gatorade and whatever the fuck else. Yeah. If they don't end up figuring out a way to let the fighters in to do that, these other promotions are going to grant better incentives to the fighters. Exactly. And as those promotions get more eyes on them, that's going to take, that's the only reason the UFC is the number one. It's because the most people watch the UFC mm-hmm. because they have the best fighters. Right. Okay. So everybody's watching them. But if that starts to sway, people are going to watch the UFC even less. And then their whole foundation is, is fucked. And, and that's absolutely going to happen. I mean, and it's so funny because I'll, I'll talk to, you know, uh, I'll call them casuals for lack of a better term right now. Fuck the casuals. I know, filthy casuals. But they'll they'll be like, oh, do you, do you watch UFC? And be like, I watch MMA. Mm. But there is a difference between UFC and MMA. And, it, and it's, it's I, I like that you brought up the collective bargaining agreement. Because, this, again, this is one of these things that every other national sport that we have has. Yeah. They all have collective bargaining agreements. They all have players unions. Yep. They all do. Yeah. You know? No, they all do, and then the fighters get a piece of all that, and and or the athletes rather get mm-hmm. a piece of all that, and so yeah, I mean, the UFC is doing itself no favors by continuously gatekeeping all the pieces of the of the pie and preventing fighters from doing anything because this is what's going to happen if you don't let fighters figure out a way of doing it legally. It, it's like anything in life. If you prevent people from figuring out a way to do it legally and, you know, respectively, yep. they're going to find another way to do it because that's the world that we live in, you know? Yep. It's, I mean, so, so yeah. I mean, we'll just rant, you know, every week I'll get up here and rant and beat I'm that so horse ready. I'm about I'm so ready it. to do it. This is why I love when every time something like this happens up on the hot takes because <laughs> it's an, it's another angle to hit it yeah. from. Yep. And, yep. yeah, I'll, I'll beat this dead horse all, all day. But, yeah, it's... It's just another, like I said, another angle to hit it from. Yep, exactly. So, um, you know, uh, Kevin Holland, um, before the fight, was talking about retirement because... Again. Yeah, again. Because he 
was pissed off that, you know, he wasn't in the UFC game. He was saying that there were other fighters that all should be in the UFC game, but he was really pissed off that he wasn't in the UFC game. And lo and behold, he's now in the UFC <laughs> game. <laughs> he's not, well, and I agreed with him on that. Like, why wouldn't you want Kevin Holland in your UFC game? I mean, I, I don't know. Why not? I mean, literally, I don't know. Once he's an again, exciting fighter. You yeah. Know? I mean, and we've seen it before at middleweight. We saw it again on last Saturday. I know he didn't get the win, but it was. It was a hell of a fight. It no, was a very it was. entertaining fight. It was. It was. And it takes two to, to put on that kind of show. The thing about it, though, is that once again, just to circle back again, it's like if the fighters don't have any say so in their likeness, they don't have any say so over, you know, what happens and stuff like that, then you end up having fighters pull these kind of gimmicky things where it's like, I'll retire. Yep. I mean, look at Henry Sudo. I'll retire because you're not going to pay me the money I want. Right. I'll, re- you know, Kevin Holland, I'll retire if I don't get in the UFC video game. I mean, that's where we're getting to, you know, they yeah. got to, you know, uh, throw out these idle threats, sometimes not even idle, but I mean, let's be honest, they don't want to retire. They're using it as a leverage to try to get exactly. what they want accomplished exactly. because the UFC is like fucking take it or else. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. So one more time. <laughs> <laughs> let's hit it again. Uh, um, fucking, um, you know. There was also some talk uh, this week about from Patty. He's getting ready to fight this weekend. So, of course, that dude's, you know, making the news media rounds. Um, He's made a claim that him versus Conor McGregor would be the biggest fight in UFC history. Personally, I think that's the biggest bunch of bullshit (laughs) that I've heard. It may be the biggest in UK history. It may be pretty big for... I mean, you know what I'm saying? For the for that group for over there, but I mean the biggest fight in UFC history, get the fuck out of here. So biggest fight in UFC history. So was he talking about it as far as it being a moneymaker for that, that's that would be my guess. Okay. Yes, exactly. The implications of those two fighting doesn't hold the sport or or, or let the sport grow or you know what I'm saying? Right. It doesn't do anything for the sport. At, at itself. least not yet until yeah. Patty makes a bigger name for himself and until McGregor finds a way to win another fight. <laughs> um, so McGregor, one of the great things that he did was obviously make his name and put himself in the position to make the money that he's made. Exactly. Right? Um, but that only goes so far, and you have to continue to win at some point in order to maintain that. Yeah, we talked about this. So, um, right. And so, and so right now, McGregor, having been what he's been through, probably doesn't command the kind of pay-per-view buys that he once did. And and I like Patty. I know not everybody does. I like accents. Um, so yeah, I, I like Patty the Batty. Um, <laughs> and and it's, it's a fight I'd be interested in. And it's a fight I'd I'd like to watch. But uh, yeah, I, I don't see how you'd put that on the main event of a big pay per view, right? I mean, what, what do you want on your pay per views? I like title fights. Yeah. On as main events on my pay per views. Me too. Me too. And then there's exceptions for. You know, some fights that we haven't had, some fights that didn't have titles that were really great. They were great fights, right. you know? But all things considered, let's be honest here. You got Patty, who isn't the most spectacular in a lot of his most recent fights. He's been kind of losing them and then pulls out the win. You got Conor McGregor, who hasn't won a fight in a fucking like long-ass six time. Six or seven years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever. The Donald Cerrone one only halfway counts. Right. Um, so, to think about it, would they get a lot of money to see those two fight? Yeah, probably. Would there be a lot of interest 
for people to watch it because they have names? Probably. Would it be a big deal to UK because it's a UK versus Ireland kind of thing? So that's the thing. Exactly. Right? It'd be big over there. It, it would be. Yeah. And they have big arenas. Like yes. you could sell out, a, you could get a big gate. Yeah. You could sell out a big arena. Yeah. Be, exactly right. Because of the UK versus Ireland. Exactly. That's a big thing. Exactly. But as far as the event itself, the fight itself being, you know, the biggest for the sport, I mean, literally, it's sort of gimmicky. Yeah, Let's be honest. Yeah. It's sort of gimmicky. Yeah. Neither of them are going to be going for a title anytime soon. Um, I mean, let me preface that. They may give Connor a title shot, okay, oh, just man. because they're fucking stupid like that. So, yeah. so when I say that, that's what I mean. I mean that neither of them are really in a position to have earned a title shot or show that they're ready for a title shot. Right. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense for that to happen. But if they wanted to do that, if they want to do that fight, I'm going to watch it because I want to see what happens. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Biggest in UFC history? I mean, get the fuck out of here. No, I, I think it would be, you know, if they want to have a card over in England and they want to put it as like the third, like not the main event because that's a title fight, not the co-main event because that's either like an interim title bout or another title bout with ranking implications. But that third fight from the top on the card, I could see that. And I think that could bolster some pay-per-view buys. But as far as, like, biggest in history, carrying a pay-per-view, no. No, that's not a realistic. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think so either. I know it wouldn't be the biggest fight in UFC history. Could it carry a pay-per-view? I don't know. Probably. Um, Jake Paul, though, offered <laughs> to, to offered Patty... A million dollars to spar. <laughs> now, obviously, this is a boxing match, but he offered him a million dollars to spar. The, the the sparring would have to be televised. That would be my guess, because you can't just have a sparring match for a million dollars and then nobody gets to see the footage of it. Right. Right? Right. Then why would you even pay him a million dollars? And you know a YouTube star wouldn't do that. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you know, that's how he's made his living yeah. is by televising or showing or streaming everything that he does yeah right exactly but let's just go over this for you know f for fuck's sake okay you have jake paul who's a boxer mm -hmm. to this point right who boxes and fights at what 200 pounds uh yeah i think it's a little bit under that but yeah yeah I mean, right around 200 pounds right. patty cuts a lot of weight right to fight at like 145. 145, 155. I forget what yeah. weight class he fights in. But. Yeah, but right around there. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's what Patty had said was that, you know, uh, you know that if he wants to fight me in boxing or if he wants to fight me in MMA, that we could possibly do that, but that we have to, or, or if we did do it in boxing, it would have to be in the middle, um, you know, something more closer to the middle. The thing about it, though, is that, like, Patty's really not a 145er. He cuts a lot of weight to make it to 145. He's so, really not a 145er. Um, the you know reality of them making this fight at like 185 is very plausible, right? Right. Um, so, and by fight, I mean sparring matches. Fucking ridiculous that we even have to talk about this. I know. But the thing is, is all things considered, if they had a boxing match, I would favor the boxer. If they had an MMA event, I would favor the MMA artist. Don't think this is getting anywhere, but at the same time, I, I don't know. What do you think? Okay, so Patty's a lightweight, mm -hmm. 155, which we do, I mean, he, we do know he cuts a significant amount of weight, and 
probably more so because he just doesn't feel like staying in shape in between fights and likes to eat a lot like we've seen other fighters do that whether that's healthy or beneficial for your career it's not really the point but yes so 510 fights at 155 mm-hmm. Jake Paul 61 62 fights at cruiserweight which yes is about is between like 185 and 192 mm-hmm. so yeah significant size difference which is kind of what Jake Paul does that's kind of his MO 100% right? so I'll, I'm sure Patty wouldn't have a problem taking that because he'd be like hey I don't really have to train really hard for this I get a million dollars like I'm not really seeing a huge downside for, for Patty and again we could take this back to fighter pay again right how how much is how long is he gonna have to fight before he makes a million dollars in the UFC the, the, the only reason that this is even considered is because of the money because he can't make that kind of money in the UFC, right. even though he's a name, even though he makes the, the UFC well north of millions of dollars. Let's be I'm honest. Sure. You I'm know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but still, for him to get a million, I mean, right. maybe. I, I mean, so you know he would do it. Yeah. The problem is these UFC contracts, you know, they're not going to let him do it. Yeah. They're not going to let an active possible contender yeah. go and ruin their name in boxing yeah. boxing Jake Paul. They're it, not they're not going to do that. No, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, the fighter could always say fuck your contract and do it. So That would yeah. I, I mean, and I'd love to see that. I mean, I, I don't I'd know. I'd love to see anybody do that. Yeah, that's we're that, yeah. that's that whole Nagano situation. I like, know. I know I want to see him fight in MMA game, but I'd love for him to be, to be like, "No, I'm taking my belt and I'm out." Exactly. No, we're seeing more and more of this where fighters are fighting out their contracts and figuring out any way they can of what's the smartest that what's the smartest thing for me to do business wise mm-hmm. and how to figure that out. You know, we talked about Shane Burgos. Now they let him slip through. There's, you know, other fighters that are winning UFC, um, you know, on a winning, winning streak in the UFC, they fight out their contract and then you see them, you know, pop up. Oh, they're going to fight over here or over there. Now they're going to do bare knuckle or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, once again, UFC is not doing itself any favors here. The only reason Jake Paul could even, you know, pick at this as even creating some some sort of spectacle is because of what the UFC is doing. Yeah, you're exactly right when you said it. The UFC can't get out of its, its own way. They're the only ones they have to blame for this type of stuff happening. Exactly. And why we have to talk about yeah. it. Because guess what? We're <laughs> circling we back to that fucking that? horse again, dude. That fucking horse is dead <laughs> as shit, and we're going to keep circling it, okay? Yeah. My goddamn buzzards over here. <laughs> um, all right. Um, speaking of being done, TJ Dillashaw retired. So um, yep. I know mm. that, you know, you do consider yourself a fan of his. I'll be honest with you. I got a lot of respect for the dude. I don't really like dude personally, but, you know, he has had a lot of great fights. He's had a lot of good, uh, or he has a lot of memorable moments, right? He is a potential Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think that the do you think that the, the drug, the, you know, performance-enhancing drugs has tarnished his record as far as what people think about him being a champion, all those kinds of things? That has already happened. We don't need to discuss that. What I want to know is, do you think it's going to tarnish it as far as his chances of being a Hall of Famer? No, because I'll bet Jones gets in, and they're kind of in the same situation as far as... Except that Jones hasn't lost. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, all right. I mean, that's a good point. I don't know that Jones ever really went as far out of his comfort zone as Dillashaw did to try and chase greatness. I mean, he keeps claiming he's going to go to heavyweight, but he hasn't. Um, 
But I've also seen a lot more exciting Dillashaw fights than I, I ever did Jones fights. Um, I was a, a bigger Dillashaw fan than I ever was a Jones fan. And, but, but yeah, I, it, it certainly tarnishes your reputation. But no, I don't think it keeps him out of the UFC Hall of Fame. I yeah. don't. Yeah, no, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, what, do you, what did you think about his retiring, though? To me, I'll just say I wasn't surprised. Um, the dude already... You know, was an older you know fighter um, had already been a champion, um, two time champion, two time champion, um, had got you know busted on the performance enhancers, had spent two years away from the sport, had trained, came back, had the shoulder injury. Yep. They were saying that he was going to have to have surgery. I mean, we're talking another year, two possibly, before you can come back. And by then, I mean, he's already an older fighter. He already, after he came back from this last, from his suspension, had the fight against uh, Sanhagen. And a lot of people felt like he didn't win that fight. I mean, you go back and rewatch it now and you tell me he wins that fight based on damage. No, no, you're right. Um, So, but he was able to get the judge's nod out of it. So barely squeaked by. And then what? He's going to go for another two years and then come back and what? Be a, a threat to the newer contenders? I mean... No, you're absolutely right. Um, as far as his career, I think it's the best decision he could have made. Um, yeah, you see that. And you see a lot of fighters go through that and they won't they won't hang it up. But yeah, I definitely think there's no way he comes back and is the Dillashaw we remember. He already was. He already hasn't been no. the last couple of fights that we've seen. Exactly. And whether it's the time off, whether it's the surgeries. Whether it's time, whether it's, you know, yeah. age, whether it's yep. not being able to have the, the juice to get fucking. We should have known. All I got to say is we should have known there was something going on when the dude came in and his fucking nipples were like fucking <laughs> rock hard lasers looking around, you know. I remember looking at that and being like. What's up with that? Yeah. Like, is that dude, like, extra excited to be in there? Or what the fuck was up with that? Like, I don't I mean, know. I mean, you never know what gets somebody's rocks off. Man. I, I know, gonna... I know. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, yeah. We see a lot of fighters. I guess I'll be looking at all their nipples. But it was enough for me to notice it. Because I don't even pay attention to that stuff usually. But I was just like, I remember one of his title fights. And I was just like. What, what's going on there? Why is that dude, like. I, I, I remember Izzy's nipple. I remember Izzy's. Boob. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 I guess that's that's something to be said for. And who knows? And who knows? That's the thing about it. You never know because everybody's got their own physiology and stuff. The stuff that Izzy said where he's like, fighters or, pe- or fans and people don't even know about what you're going through and they're trying to speculate. So who knows? Right? right. Like, we don't know. So right. we got to get benefit of the doubt. But all I'm saying is that... Bon voyage. Yeah. Really. Uh, I mean... Again, for for me, testing positive for banned substances, especially a performance enhancer like EPO, which is like one of the best. Um, yeah, it it does it does tarnish it. So I'm I'm bummed because I really like TJ, um, but you know I, I'm kind of caught in that crossroads because I thoroughly enjoyed so many of his fights. No, like, me too. And if that was the difference, if the difference between the fights that he's had recently versus the fights that he used to have was because he was on EPO. I mean, then give it to all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I or hate at to least, say it, but no. boy, how that was—he was, he or, was out there kicking some ass. Or dude. at least the option to right to do it because when you do that stuff, I mean, it ta- it counts off on the other side of the clock. 
You right. know what I'm saying? No, good point. It, it does. Good you point. fucking put that stuff in your system. It burns really well, you know, and you're able to, your physique, the performance, all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But then once you quit taking that stuff, guess what? It reduces it down. No. Your body starts deteriorating even faster. So yeah. you end up paying for it in the long run. Yeah. So if you're going to take it, that's your choice to take it. I mean, realistically, that's how I feel about mm -hmm. all that stuff. Because we also, you know, watched fights in the Pride era and how great those fights were. True. You know? True. Memorable those fights were. So, yeah. I mean, that's a whole... That's that whole other discussion which doesn't need to necessarily happen here. But, you know... TJ Dillashaw's career is going to be always orbiting around the whole, you know, uh, performance enhancing drug thing based on what's happened. So it's only natural that we talk about it. And um, and yeah, I mean, I really wish that his last fight could have been a little bit better just because, mm. you know, like yeah. even though his arm went out of place, he still took a fucking world of punishment before they ended up stopping it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and um if he would have been able-bodied, like maybe the fight, I'm not necessarily saying that he would have won the fight, but I'm just saying that the fight would have been a lot more competitive. We would have been able to see more, not only from uh, Dillashaw, but also maybe from Aljo, yep. you know? Um, so really wish that that would have been able to happen a little bit differently, but it is what it is. And if he knew he had this shoulder injury that was really bad and he didn't want to take the time off because he didn't want to lose the title shot, well, he ended up taking the title shot, losing the title shot because of the arm thing mm -hmm. and his career. Yeah. I mean, really the only benefit he gets out of that is one more payday, right? Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. If, if he would have, if he would have, you know, tried to rehab the shoulder, taken some time, I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't have got a title shot, but he wouldn't have, you know, maybe his career wouldn't have been over too. I don't right. know. No. Because him fighting on it with it being as bad as it was, when the doctors looked at it afterwards, they said it was the worst shoulder injury they've ever seen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> a lot. Of, I mean, so much goes on behind the scenes that you never really know, but, but I can see this being a situation where the UFC is not happy. They have to take his belt away because one of their champions, one of their good champions, one of their big draws is busted for doping. So there's that. He's got to be out for two years because of the severity of his, of his doping. There's, there's also that. But you want him, as a promotion, you want him to come back and have a good showing because it legitimizes what he was before, right? Which is why maybe he gets the nod in that Sandhagen fight when maybe he shouldn't have because they're trying so desperately to put him back in a title match. Mm -hmm. So this could have been one of those organizational pushes. And, you know, I mean, what's he going to say? No. You know, okay, all I have to do is not get knocked out, and I probably get the nod over Corey Sandhagen, mm -hmm. and then I'll get a chance to fight Aljamain, and, you know, we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. Um, the one last piece that I want to add on to this is how ironic it is that Dillashaw, when he was coming up, you know, fought, I forget what his name was, Chris something. He didn't fight him. They were training together, and he got too aggressive with him in training. He didn't like that the dude was able to take him down or something, and he ended up kneeing him in his head, and he ended the fighter's career. He was he was a guy that was um, in the UFC, had put a win streak together. I think he was like four or five. Chris, something, I forget. You could look it up. But uh, he, um, you know, took out this dude's career at the beginning based wow. purely off of some egotistical training. I mean, you're, you're, you're training together. You're on the same fuck. You're yeah. in the same camp. Yeah. You're on the same team there. You know what I'm saying? And he got 
fucking, he just couldn't control his shit, fucking need the dude in the head when the dude was on the ground or wasn't paying attention or whatever ended up happening, ended the dude's career. Then, after he got busted for EPO, was training, damaged his shoulder, yep. tried to fight with it, ended up losing his career. There you go. All comes full circle. There you go. So, All accounts are settled in the end, man. <laughs> um, and speaking of settling accounts. Oh, damn. We got to talk about, we got to give a very, I mean, I guess this kind of stuff's going to happen. Time goes on. We just had, Anth- we just lost Anthony, yeah. you know, Johnson. Um, but Mills Lane, you know, 85, passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, great boxing ref. Um, you great know, boxing ref. Yeah. Like synonymous with boxing. Synonymous. Like his, his voice, his yep. stature, like yep. you saw him, you knew. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did a lot of Tyson fights, did a lot of big fights. Yeah. Mills Lane did. Um, through the 90s when boxing was boxing. Yep. Um, and then went and transitioned from that, became the ref of Celebrity Deathmatch, uh, you know, <laughs> became... Fucking reference exactly, right exactly. Became uh, Judge Mills Lane. <laughs> um, ended up, you know, becoming a real pop culture icon in his later years based on, you know, his ref record for boxing and just his character and how he was. And so he was loved by a lot of people and not just boxing and not just combat sports. Um, touched a lot of people. And um, it's, it's sad, you know, but at the same time, at least he was 85, you know, True. it wasn't as big True. of a shock as Rumble when the Rumble went. We, we could all be so lucky to make it to 85. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mills Lane is a big part of my upbringing. I mean, even pre MMA, like I watched boxing with my dad. Mills Lane was a recognizable figure. Um, yeah. Just, you know, sad, sad to hear about it. Yep, exactly. So with that, um, let us move to spotlight fights. And um, man, you know, I cannot <clears throat> rejoice enough in the <laughs> fact that it's official. We've talked about it before on this podcast. If you don't know, you're going to know now. One on Prime 10 is going to take place in the United States, in Broomfield, Colorado, and the main event is DJ versus Adriana Martins. Number three. Number three. So, um, yeah. Okay. So much good stuff to get through here. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with how good those first two Demetrius Johnson and <sighs> Adriana Martin fights were. Fucking classics. They, they were great. Classics. Completely highlights one of the things we really like about the one uh, fighting championship, knees to grounded opponents. Both those fights have ended yep. with knees, knees to grounded opponent. opponents. Yep. Each one of these guys has a knee knockout win over the other to the two other one. Opponent. Yeah, Adriano Martinez r- really made his name by you know yeah. ending the win streak of DJ DJ uh, Demetrius Johnson. Well, I guess. Henry Cejudo had had take had won the you know decision. Yeah, but nobody that was like a split decision. Exactly, that was close. exactly. It was really close, and it could have went either way. But then DJ left the UFC, went to one, was winning in one. Yep, went for the title against this Adria Adrian Martinez. Nobody really. I mean, I didn't really know much about him. Right. Tell you what, after that first fight, I knew about Adriano <laughs> Martinez. Yep. I was like, this motherfucker. Yep. I mean, it was so savage how he stunned DJ and DJ fell back on his back. He had his. He was close to the cage. Fell back on his back, 
and Martins just came in there with that knee right to his head. He didn't ever see it coming. He was boom, phase, you know. He had been in the UFC where that stuff was illegal. Mm-hmm. He knew about it, but at the same time, it's like you're just going through it, so you're not expecting it. Boom, to the, to the head. He finished him. I was like, wow, that's crazy. So that's when I was like really wanting to pay attention more to one was based on that first fight, right? realistically. Yep. And then when they had the second one, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. You know, it was a... Was it one on Prime 1? Uh, one or two. Yeah, yeah it, was it was one, one or two. Ones. It was one or two, yeah. yeah. I think it was the first one. And I remember just like, dude, like how crazy it was that we were going to see the rematch and then how good the rematch was, how good they both looked, and then the way that it ended with DJ, <laughs> yeah. you know, getting him back with the same kind of way where he, he stunned him, had him up against the, you know, the cage laying down, hit him with the, the knee, you know, just knocked him out with it. Finished him, walk off. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so to, then yep. to find out that now we're going to get the third one and it's going to be in fucking Broomfield, Colorado on May 5th, uh, we're going. We're fucking going. <clears throat> we don't know who else is on the card. Doesn't S- matter. Scrapcast will be there. Yes. This is a call out to anyone in the Colorado area. Broomfield is a great event Great, center. great event center. It's a great place to watch fights. Um you guys got to make the push to get out there. This isn't going to be a UFC card. This is going to be a one-on-prime card. Tickets are probably not going to be UFC priced. Nope. This is an attainable goal. Yes. For you guys, you have plenty of time. May 5th. Yes. Let's let's get out there. Let's, let's see some of you guys out there. Yes, 100%. Yeah, we're going to go um I mean, I've talked about it before at depth on this on this podcast, but yeah, you know, you're right. The event, it's the perfect size to see MMA. You go to some of these bigger arenas and there's so much space on the floor versus how big the octagon is. It's really hard to see in it. It's really hard to be sitting up above it to see in it from a lot of these uh, arenas, these big ones, the massive ones. But the one in Broomfield, perfect, perfect, perfect arena. Um, A lot of good viewing spots all over the place. And no matter where you sit, you're going to be able to see the fighters walk in at one end. You're going to be able to see them fight in the cage. Couldn't ask for anything more. One's first event. You know they're going to have the big ceremonies. You know they're going to bring out the big fight cards. It's going to be their 10th one. I mean, we're going to have some Muay Thai fights. We're going to have... I mean, it's... You know it's going to be good. You know you're going to get treated to that whole spectacle that we love about um, the one championship fights, especially the way they've been doing it on Prime. Um, Yeah, plus, I I just can't say how exciting that's going to be to be sitting at an event that's on Amazon Prime, like, because I'll get to, because like, because I've, I've checked my Amazon Prime account. Like, I can still watch these events after the fact. So I'm going to be able to go home, <laughs> turn it on, and look for myself in yep, the crowd. exactly. awesome. Exactly, exactly. So we're going to go. If y'all are going to go, get at us. Scrapcast at yahoo.com. Um, we're getting together some ideas and some stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk more about this in the future. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. DJ versus Martins, three, one on Prime, ten in Colorado. I can't wait to see what else they put on this card. How awesome would it be if, like, Stamp Fairtex was on the card? Ah, uh, dude. Or they get fucking Cosmo to fight again. Or fucking, <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's like, dude, it'd be I fucking, uh, it's going to be so crazy. Yeah, so super, super excited. And with that, we will move on to the preview for this weekend. A lot of good fights this weekend. Um, a lot more than I expected. We're going to start, though, with Bellator. Starting see, with Bellator. See okay. what Bellator is up to. So Bellator has its 289 card 
looks like it's uh, Stotts versus Sabatello. So um, it is the Bellator Interim Bantamweight Championship. So part of a okay. tournament that they're having. And um, then also Liz Carmouche is go is uh Liz Carmouche. She's yep, a, she's is a going bet. yeah, is uh gonna be in the title fight lightweight or flyweight, my bad, uh mm-hmm. championship versus Juliana Velasquez. Uh Magomed Magomedov is gonna be fighting uh Apache Mix. I'm trying to look to see anybody else. What do you think? What do you think about this card? I think it'll be an entertaining card. Just because you don't know all the names doesn't mean it won't be an entertaining card. But um, Magomed Magomedov, of course, another one of those um, Dagestani wrestlers. Yep. You know, that'll be a good fight. Um, Liz Carmouche, I always like watching Liz Carmouche fight. She's uh, like a 12-fight UFC vet. Yeah, like, pioneer. No, she's, she's a pioneer, let's be honest. Pioneer good, that's of, a much of, better word. Yeah, that's a much better a word. A female mixed martial arts, yeah, 100%. That's a much better. Good call. Yeah. So, yeah, so... Um, yeah, should be should be a good card. Uh, also, we have BKFC from Thailand for um, yeah, the card looks pretty good. Always, you know, a bunch of scrappers. They're going to be from Thailand. So it's going to be headlined by a couple of ties. But also on the card, we're going to get um, Miss Emery, the flasher. <laughs> As everybody remembers when she won <clears throat> yep. at the last BKFC in Thailand. Um, you know, a lot she was of uh, really excited. Yeah, a lot of social <laughs> media awareness after that. So uh I mean I'm just looking forward to see what happens if she wins this fight. Yeah. So Yeah, and, and I'm hoping she does. Um I like her. I think she's a good fighter. Um I know that she's got a fight. I don't know if I can pronounce her name. Denim, Dead man. Oh really? Because that's the different. That's different on my fight card. Okay. Yeah, Dead Man. Dead Man. All right. Yeah. On my fight card, it's Chisikan Arfafat. Arfafat. <laughs> so whatever. I don't know. Um. Anyway, yeah. I, I'm hoping she wins. I'm I'm on the Ty Emery wagon, um, and not just because there's a possibility that she'll flash the crowd. I, I actually think she's a good fighter. So. No, I think she's a good fighter too. I'm just saying, it's really funny to me. When somebody, you know, like wins a fight and then gets a lot of, you know, attention because of this kind of antics. Right. Realistically, you can only like, you know, how how much further can you push the envelope? Like how much further can you, you know, what can you do to top what happened last time? You know what I'm saying? Because now that's how everybody knows her. You know, everybody remembers her as the girl. Even you. When I was like, oh, Emery's fighting on the card. And you were like. I'm um, like the girl flashed on. The, you're like, oh, oh I remember. That girl, God, yeah, yeah. I so yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. I don't know who you are. And then she flashes. Oh, no, I know. I know. I seen that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so you know, it, it, that is interesting. I don't think that that's gonna happen. I'd be really, really surprised. It would almost be like. It, I'll be honest with you. It would almost be a little sad if that if that happened again. Because you'd be like, are you just gonna show them every time? win or what well like, i guess we'll see how she wins right i mean if it's if she wins right if, if, if she wins if it's a Denman. first round knockout and you know or if it's an incredible come from behind victory i don't know i'm just saying if there was something that got her super excited then it might not be a thing but yeah you don't go to like a split decision and then jump on the ropes and flash everybody you know yeah. maybe you don't do that i just hope somebody gets knocked the fuck out 
Yeah, Me too. That's it. Me I too. hope that there's a lot of knockouts on this card. We got a fight on here, uh, Senderman versus Castro. I'm not really familiar with either of these two, but both these two look like they're on the TJ Dillashaw bandwagon of shit. <laughs> so I, I want to see, I want to see what funny. what happens there. So <clears throat> yeah, that's this weekend. Um, also this weekend. UFC 282, the last big pay-per-view of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it before. Um, Jan Blachowicz versus Magomed Ankalaev for the vacant light heavyweight title. Right. Take it away. I mean, vacant because Jiri has shredded his shoulder and has decided to um, vacate. We talked about that in Very the, last, honorably. the last podcast, right? So. This gets elevated to interim, and there was a lot of, you know, Glover was upset that he didn't get a shot at interim since since he was basically going to get a shot at his belt again because he got the rematch. Yeah, this is for the title. Right. This, so this isn't is interim. This is, this okay, is for so the this title. is going to be for the title. Yep. So if Glover wants his belt back, he's going to have to fight either Jan or, or Magomed. Um, I think it's a really good matchup. I think it's a really interesting matchup because they're both heavy-handed, but they have different striking styles. Um, they're both pretty good on the ground and very strong wrestlers, but with different styles, yep. right? So it's I'm, it's really going to be interesting to see how this how this plays out because I think they have a lot of the same strengths, even if they have different styles within those strengths. No, I I definitely agree. I think that what's really interesting to me is that Jan seems to be you know the type of fighter that's able to capitalize when other fighters make mistakes. Mm-hmm. When they make mistakes. He hits him with the Polish power, fucks him up, and, you know, capitalizes on that. Ankalaev, on the other hand, is a fighter that is very calculated, very measured, mm-hmm. is not the most exciting fighter, but right. doesn't really make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be point. a really fight to see what happens. We've talked about it before. I know you're leaning towards Ankalaev. I'm still leaning towards uh, Blakowicz just because, you know, of not only what we talked about before, with it being for the title, it being on the big pay-per-view, we're going to see how Uncle Life can handle that pressure. But not only that, once he gets hit from Jan, Jan's one of the most heavy-handed you know, uh, people, not only in the division, but probably in the UFC, mm-hmm. it's just going to be a lot. A lot, a lot of pressure is going to be on him in a lot of different ways. We're going to see how it works out. Because of that, I'm going to lean towards Blockowitz. The thing about this whole thing with the Glover title shot is I really think that Glover did himself a disservice I know he's older. I know that it wouldn't be a smart idea for him to jump in and face somebody like Ankalaev on short notice. I get that. I'm not saying that he's stupid or anything like that. But at the same time, he lost his belt. Glover lost his belt fairly yep. to Yuri. Yep. Then they ended up doing making the rematch because the fight was so good and basically because they couldn't really sell anybody else. Mm-hmm. So they were like, hey, let's just do this rematch because it was so well so that's why he got the rematch to, for his belt. Right, yeah, he didn't have a title defense. No. He didn't have a long reign. No, exactly. Yeah. But now, because he's stepped to the side and, you know, uh, didn't fight Uncle Iev, and now Jan's fighting Uncle Iev, he's waiting in line. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with this is he's in line, but Yuri is in front of him exactly. in line. And, because and Yuri's be. the former champion exactly. and, and should be. So now it's going to depend on how long Yuri's out mm-hmm. with a shoulder in- injury of whether or not Glover has to fight again before he gets a title shot. Exactly. And he's not young. No. Glover really doesn't have a lot of easier fights now. Depending on what happens in Anthony Smith's next fight, if he ends up 
getting a win, we could see an Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira fight, which mm-hmm. I would favor Glover Teixeira in that rematch. But besides that, I mean, we're looking at Raddick, Jamal Hill, Krylov, Craig, Span. Right. I mean, not. I mean, not that he can't win against those guys, but at the same time, an aging Glover versus you know. I mean, it, right? And you said it before. Time's never on your side as a fighter, but even more so for Glover, right? Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And and so you you did. You raised a really good point. That's a really good perspective to look at it from. Like, you have a shot that has a belt attached to it. Yep. And you're right. You probably should be as prepared as you possibly can to fight Magomed, but looking at the landscape. Do you honestly think you get another opportunity like this? Yeah, and not only that, but it would it be better to fight on Kalayev with, you know, in six months with a little bit more time to prepare? Or now, af- because after six months, you know what I'm saying? It's going to take it out of him, too. Well, and it goes both ways, right? Because yeah. that's short notice for Ankalaev as yeah, well. He exactly. wasn't training for you. Yeah, exactly. He was know? training to fight big, heavy-handed Jan, exactly. as opposed to you being able to take him down and put it on him. I mean, I really think that he did himself a disservice because I think you're right. Yeah. Because of that. And, um, and now he's got to wait in line behind Yuri and depending, and he's got to see what happens with Yuri. And so he could very well end up having to fight Raddick, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't favor Glover in that match. I mean, he could take down Raddick maybe and win by, you know, grounding him out or by decision by that. But like, you know, Raddick is another one of those like up and coming, like very measured, very technical mm-hmm. type fighters, you know? Yep. Um, so, yeah. So we're going to have to see what happens. Um, it, this is a, like, it, this is a head, head versus the heart fight for me, though, right? Because the heart wants Jan, but my head is the one saying Ankulayev. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we've seen Jan be technical. I mean, remember the Izzy fight? Like, he had to go tit for tat with Izzy who's a very, you know, clean and polished striker. And he did. He was going tit for tat. There weren't, nobody blew each other out on on the stand-up. He held his own and ended up winning by superior grappling. So, yeah, I definitely, I think this is going to be a real interesting matchup. I'm really excited to see how it goes. So let's see that. Co-main on that card is Patty the Batty Mm -hmm. um, versus Jared Gordon. Um, I, I do think they're probably positioning Patty as well as they can to get as many wins as he can before he has to start contending. Yep. Um, and let's be honest, he's probably going to get the win here. I mean, Jared, Jared Gordon, you know, not much of a record, not much of a name. I mean, he's you're right. He doesn't have much of a name, but he's, um, let's see, four and two in his last six. Yeah. That's not bad. I no. mean, yeah. But to be fighting for Patty to, you know, be where he's at, I guess – I guess it's comparable. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Patty's nineteen and three, Jared's nineteen and five. I guess it's not a very big mismatch. I just feel like at some point, if Patty's going to keep winning, they should have him fight. You know, people with names. I know, but at the same time, this is what the UFC does. You know, they did the same thing with O'Malley. They did the same thing with Connor. If if you have a name and they're trying to create a a star, they're going to slow roll you in there and get you just nice and easy. So. I, I yeah. do think it's a good next step for Patty. His last fight was Jordan Levitt, yeah. right? Who yeah. was nowhere near no. um, contention or ranking or, you know, anything like that. So I do think it's a good next step for Patty. Um, hopefully he has a dominant performance. Hopefully it's not another one of those. 
I was losing until I won type of things. Um, no, you're right. You're right. I guess I'm just a little salty because the I was really looking <laughs> forward to the Robbie Lawler versus Santiago, Santiago Ponzinibbio fight. That's what I was looking forward to on this card. That's okay. okay. I was trying to figure out why this is at a catch weight. Now yeah. I know. Yeah. Now I know. So Robbie Lawler got injured, undisclosed injury. He had to back out of the fight. Hope he gets better. Hope to see him again. Um, and now Ponzinibbio is going to fight Alex Morano. Not an easy fight. Let's be honest. Alex Morano is not an easy fight. Morano has surprised me. Yeah. He has a win over Robbie Lawler recently. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Morano's a scrapper. Um, totally game um, out of Texas. So we'll have to see how this goes. I'm, I'm excited to see this fight. Should be good. I, I think it's probably going to be more entertaining than the co-main event. But, yeah. I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. Yep. Then also, hopefully, knock on wood, the return of Darren Till versus uh, yeah, we'll see. Duplessis. I'm not going to believe it till he's he's in the octagon. In the octagon. <laughs> Man, Darren is. No, I know. How I long know. has he been out now? He's we had didn't... yeah. He's been out for a long time. Yeah. He's had multiple fights that have been scheduled. And then he had to pull out one reason or another or around the injury. A fight before it got pulled out. Then he had the injury, and then the fight afterwards he had to pull out. September of 2021. It's yep. been over a calendar year. Yep. And and he didn't and he didn't that was Derek Brunson. He couldn't even beat Derek Brunson, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Seems like a couple of years. But yeah, so um and he's fighting Duplessis, who's you know, surging up the top. He, he really so, is. He really is. And we don't know where Till's at. You know, even right. though it's been a year, it's been a long year mm-hmm. and we don't know where he's at. We don't know how he's healed. We don't know there's a lot of X factors in this fight. We don't know how much Kamzat's been beating him up in yeah. training sessions. Yeah. If I if if I had to pick, I would favor Duplessis in this. I'm betting on du- I'm betting on yeah. Drikas Duplessis. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um what do you think? Okay, so let's just go back real quick because we didn't talk about it. Who do you favor in the co main event? Um yeah, I'm I'm betting on Patty. Patty? But I'm a Patty, but I'm I'm yeah. on I'm on the Patty wagon. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I see what you did there. Um, no, if Gordon doesn't win by finish, he's going to lose the judge's decision. I'm going to tell you right now. Even even if he won, he's going to lose. Um, yeah, the, you're right. The yeah, Ponzinibbio right. Alex Morano fight is going to be really really great. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to favor Morano. You know why? Because he has a really good ground game as well. So you think really he's good at controlling. Game. Really good at controlling and landing strikes while his opponent's on the ground. Okay. Ponzinibbio, okay. not so great. Ponzinibbio is a great striker. He's yeah. a heavy-handed 170-pounder, but, he, I mean, I would agree with you. Yeah. If, if Alex is going to switch it up and make it a mixed martial arts fight, he's probably got the edge there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. On the feet, it could go either way. So, yeah. So, right. uh, yeah, I favor Murano in that fight. Uh, Duplessis. And then we have... We've talked about this fight before. Yeah. We were waiting yes, for this one. we have been. We have uh, Thug Nasty versus... Fucking Patty's nightmare. So no, straight up. And most people at that weight class is nightmare. I mean, Ilya Topuria. Um, I loved the first fight I ever saw him in because he beat the crap out of Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall tried oh, to pull the that, oh, butt okay. scoot Imanari yep, roll thing, yep. and Ilya was having none of it, mm-hmm. and he I mean, he knocked him out. It was bad, and I I loved him for that. I remember that. So at one forty five, I think he's the next big thing. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately for Bryce Mitchell, 
Um, I think Ilya Tapiri has taken that fight, but Thug Nasty has everything it takes to make this a dirty fight, yep. to grind him out, yep. push him up against the cage, stall him out, wear him down, put him on the ground, to take away all of Ilya Tapiri's best weapons. Yeah, or also, if anybody could catch him in a submission, it would be Bryce No, I, I agree. You know? they, they call him Thug Nasty for a reason. Man. Yeah. Like, I think this is the fight that's going to steal the show. Me, my, me my too. Opinion. Me yeah. too. I'm really excited for this fight. I forgot that this fight was on here because my I was totally tunnel visioned around the Lawler Ponzinibbio fight. Right. Now that I'm realizing, yeah, this is going to be. If I was a bed man for performance of the night, this would be where I put my money. Okay. Um, then we got the prelims. We have the youngest UFC fighter right now. Oh yeah. Fighting on the prelims. Uh, so I don't watch a lot of the contender series. So what do you know about Raul Rosas Jr.? Um, all I know is he's the youngest fighter. He looked. Pretty well in the Contender Series, but let's be honest. Most fighters on the Contender Series do look really well. You have to look really well in order to get through the Contender Series. Is he like 19? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or at least 19 when he signed. He may be 20 now, but right, yeah, right. he was the youngest UFC fighter at the time. So know, What do you think? Too much too soon? I don't know Jay Perrin. I mean, that's who he's fighting. Right, so, right. I mean, the dude very well could be, you know, just a nobody that they have in there. I mean, so... Uh, Rosas Jr. is 6-0, and whereas Jay Perrin is 10-6. and I mean, he's about 50-50, right. you know? Yep. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see. Okay. We'll have to see how it works. And that's definitely why why it's headlining the prelims is because of Rosas, not because of Perrin. Well, there's that UFC push right there, right? Yep. I yep. mean, we liked you in the contender series. You're super young. We'll give you the premier spot on the prelims. You know, make us proud. Put on yeah. a good showing. We'll even get you somebody who's who alternates wins and losses and yeah. I mean, when you have a face, you have a face, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> nice. um, so, and then we have, uh, Jarzinho Rosenstruck. Okay. He's going to fight Chris Dukakis, um, heavyweight. <laughs> so, uh, Kyle's brother. Yes. Um, exactly. So, uh, that should be good. Um, I don't really know who I favored in this one. I'll be honest with you. I think either one of these two could knock the other one out. I think that, you know, uh, Chris is pretty good at taking fighters down, uh, grappling with them, and landing heavy shots there. Not just in the ground, but in the grappling. Right. Uh, landing good shots. Um, Rosenstruck definitely has some power. Usually a slow starting fighter. Usually it takes him a while to get warmed up, yeah. and if he can find it, he can, but it's not always there. So I guess I, guess I would lean a little bit to... Nah, yeah, yeah. I think I would lean a little bit to Dukakis. I mean, t- total, total coin, coin flip. I like this matchup because I have the same opinion on both of these fighters. Um, I was really high on both of them early in their heavyweight careers, and they've, as soon as they've gotten to the top, that you know, I've realized that they haven't put everything together yet. They don't have what it takes. And they've lost their big fights. Chris um, Daukhaus, however you want to pronounce that, has lost to Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades, right? Two of the top guys. And if you're not beating either of those guys, you're not going to contend. That's true. And same thing with Jarzino Rosenstrike. You know, he was doing really well. He had that come from behind victory over Overeem. Got a big name, but couldn't get past Ngannou. Um, couldn't get past... Did he fight Cyril Gon too? Did he get taken out by Cyril Gon? 
Um, I yep, don't know. Zero Gone, then Curtis Blades, then Alexander Volkov. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, like I said, I was high on both these guys early in their heavyweight career, but as, as they've progressed and gotten to the higher rankings, they have not performed. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's almost like a winner-go-home fight for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Like, the winner gets to stay in the top ten. Loser's going to be a gatekeeper, pretty much. Okay. Um, next fight, uh, Edwin Shabazian um, is taking on Lungi Ambula. Yeah. Lungi Ambula. Uh, yeah, I guess as good as um, So, looks like they're both coming off of losses. Um, I don't know. I mean, Edmund at one point was thought to be, you know, the second coming. I, I, you took and, the words right out of my mouth. And, uh, and, I mean, he's really plateaued out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so... so if Lungiambula is a wrestler, it's going to be a long night for Edmund Shabazian. That's true. Because he true. has not seemed to be able to figure out how to fight a wrestler. Exactly. Exactly. Um, then we have middleweight fight of Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley. Should be a pretty good fight. What do you think about that? Uh, I like I like both these guys. I really like Joaquin Buckley. He's mm-hmm. an exciting fighter. Mm-hmm. Curtis is that fighter, though, that was pissed because Hermanson yep. kept sticking and moving. To, yep. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, I, so that kind of soured me a little bit on Chris Curtis. But um, Joaquin should be a perfect matchup for him because I feel like they're both going to meet in the center of the octagon and they're both going to throw until somebody goes down. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, Curtis is uh, does have a ranking next to his name, so at least it's for some. Uh, yeah, there you go. I there mean, good go. for Joaquin. I I. I think Joaquin takes that fight, but maybe Curtis will surprise me. Okay. Um, also, Billy Quarantillo is fighting Alexander Hernandez. Um, both of these fighters, you know, a lot of good matchmaking on this card, mm-hmm. a lot of similarities between opponents. Mm-hmm. I, see a, I see both of these guys having a lot of the same strengths. Um, yeah, I think I would probably favor Quarantillo. I favor Quarantillo as well. Um, win or lose, I really like watching Billy Quarantillo fight. Um, he always brings it. Um, he's well-rounded, um, high energy, um, can can take a punch. Yeah, I enjoy watching Billy Quarantillo fight. I think he takes Alexander Hernandez. Um, Hernandez, again, ha- hasn't had a lot of good showings recently. Started strong, um, but I don't know if it was the Glover, or not the Glover, the Cerrone fight that kind of messed with his head a little bit, but he hasn't seemed to be as confident in his fighting skills ever since that fight. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, could have, It could have stemmed from there. I know that with Hernandez, he's usually the type where um, if he wins, he's going to knock out his opponent, and if not, then he's taking a decision loss. So uh, whereas uh, Quarantilo is uh, a little bit more um, submission um, he's a little bit slicker with uh, the ground game mm-hmm. and um, being able to execute that. So we'll have to see, but I, I think I would uh, probably favor Quarantillo as well. Um, and then we have, um, you know, some fights at the bottom. It was funny. At first, I thought that Eric Silva was back in the UFC. You yeah. Know? Not, I was like, wait a minute, what? The same I, Eric like, Silva. I think yeah. that Eric Silva retired, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. I think um, so too. Which is... You know, a bummer because he's so young. He was, but he went through a lot of wars in the UFC, and then he continued to fight outside of the UFC to a mixed affair of wins and losses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we could do. Yeah. Even before that, he was fighting in jungle fight. You know, for a while. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it should be good. Good. 
good card to end out the year as far as with pay-per-views. We still have UFC cards. Just this will be the last right. pay-per-view card of the year. Um, and then also flying under the fucking radar this weekend is Teofimo Lopez is boxing um, Sandor Martin. So on Saturday night, so uh, top rank. So, uh, man, I'm a big Lopez fan. Um, you know, remember when he beat Lomachenko, uh, favored him um, mm-hmm. in the last fight. I know that he, he lost. Um, but thing about it is that it's really hard to find somebody with the strengths and the style at that weight division that Teofimo, open, that Teofimo brings to the table. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, and so I'm really hoping for a good performance here, and I'd like to see him, um, you know, rock it back up there and see him fight or see him box some of the, um, you know, more elite at the top. I completely so. agree. I didn't know his name until he beat Lomachenko, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but I've been watching him fight since then, and he's very skilled, very technical striker. Really like watching him fight. Um, so yeah, if you're not watching MMA this weekend, watch Teofimo Lopez, man. Exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah, and then um, also uh, there's a bunch of other fights this weekend, as always, um, some of the most notable ones. Uh, Eagle FC is having its 51th card. Um, That's Habib's fight promotion. They're going to have three titles on the line. Um, Dan Henderson's fight night, Hendo's fight night, is also having it. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, having an event this weekend. Um, uh, deep old Japanese fight promotion. They're also having fights this weekend, Colorado combat. I mean, there's a lot of fight and then there's tons and tons more. So mm-hmm. a lot of fights this weekend, um, a lot of stuff to watch. What do you think is going to be the card of the weekend? If you had to pick, uh, I mean, I'm not, I hate to be biased, but I feel like it's gotta be 282. Like, I mean, if it would it would only be fair if you took that out of the running, and I had to choose between the other ones, honestly. <laughs> um, but but if I did, um, I'd probably go with that BKSC Thailand fight. Like I know yeah. we don't know a lot of those fighters, but I know Thailand's rep for fights. I know mm-hmm. BKFC's rep for fights. I just see that as being a, a really exciting card. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I agree. Um, the thing about it is, even though there's a lot of potentially good fights on this UFC card. Um, you never know how it's all going to play out mm-hmm. and how some of these other cards, just because we don't know everybody on there, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you never know. That's all I'm saying. You never know. Right. So. The, and there's matchups we want to see on that 282 card, but, you know, that, that that Stephen Thompson and Kevin Holland card was a really good card, and so yep. you're almost worried that the next one won't be as good just because of how action-packed that one was. Exactly. And that card kind of, like... It, not that it flew under the radar, but it didn't seem like it was going to be maybe anything extra special. Exactly. And it ended up being a really good card. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, we'll have to see how it all plays out. But, uh, yeah, Scrapcast Episode 6 in the books. We will be back with more soon. Soon. Maybe not hey, next week. If you, ain't, if you ain't watching MMA this weekend, you ain't trying, okay? Yeah, it's exactly. everywhere. So. Exactly. And... Let's be honest, we're getting into the holidays. We got some planned, something special for y'all. So stay tuned for all that. And um, yeah, man, with that, yeah. let's call it. We appreciate all y'all for listening. That's that. Yeah.
This has been Scrapcast.